0: Every month on Matt's Crummy Comics Collection, we feature a Patreon-exclusive episode for our supporters, and this month we are featuring Tangent Comics' The Superman. It's a complete reimagining of the DC character Superman. What could possibly be wrong with that idea? Well, if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to find out in just a couple days. If you're not, it's really easy to become one. Support starts at just $1 a month. And every bit of support from Patreon helps us so much to keep doing what we're doing, keep everything we've done online, and able to continue to expand and try new ideas and new shows. So to learn more, check out patreon.com slash newsaz. Welcome to Matt's Crummy Comics Collection. I am Matt, and this is the general release episode for June 2018. And this is the series, for those that don't already know, where I take one of my questionable comics from my so-called collection, or I think I actually wrote my notes wrong. I think I wanted to say one of my comics from my questionably so-called collection. That doesn't sound right either. Take those last few things I said, rearrange them, and that's the show, and I take a comic in this show and take a look at it there that probably actually made things worse but let's just move on this time i have pulled the marvel classic adventures of kool-aid man number one technically it's its cover is kool-aid just the adventures of kool-aid man it wasn't numbered yet but we'll get to very shortly why i'm calling it one and why it's referred to one if anyone else refers to it this history on this comic is actually pretty short. It's pretty basic. So the preamble for this episode is going to be pretty short compared to the other ones, but I'll give you what I got. And first and foremost is that this features the adventures of the big red pitcher of juice or juice drink. Technically Kool-Aid man. I'm sure anyone that's listening to the show is somewhere within a reasonable Year range of my age, so you know who I'm talking about. I really don't know if he's around anymore. I'd imagine he must be. I know he's made uh, appearances on Family Guy as a, I don't know if you want to call it an appearance, or reference on Family Guy, but again, that might be targeted at the same age range that I'm talking to you right now. But either way, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. If not, take just a second to type in Kool-Aid Man with a K. K. Okay? OOL AID man on Google, instantly you're going to get the answer. This comic, the one I'm covering today, this issue was published on January 1st of 1983. The title continued for two more years under Marvel with issue number two released on January 1st of 1984 and issue number three released on January 1st of 1985. The line continued after number three, but not with Marvel. It moved over to Archie Comics, where it still continued its annual publication and annual release up until issue number nine in 1990. Getting this comic, at least the first three issues from Marvel, I can't speak for the Archie history, getting this comic originally was kind of interesting, but not completely unheard of. And I'll I'll get to... Where I'm referring to that there in a second, you didn't go into a comic shop or into a uh, convenience store or a pharmacy and just pick it up off the rack. This you had to mail in proof of purchases from Kool-Aid packages. Now, again, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what that is. If you don't, they're just these, uh, again, they were, not really up on my Kool-Aid lore, they were these little packages of powdered drink mix that you would open up, dump in water, add sugar. I do remember the amount of sugar it suggested that was absolutely insane by adult uh, diet standards. Um, I think, again, anyone close to the age that I am that's listening to this is probably counting their sugar intake a lot more than they were than the target audience this drink was aimed at. But my point is powder drink, add water, you get whatever flavor that drink was. There was proof of purchases on the back, and again, still maybe, but there were at the time. You cut them out, you send them off to Marvel, uh, or maybe it was Kool Aid, and probably threw in like a buck ninety-five checker or money order for shipping and handling, or maybe less since it was the eighties. And then they sent you the comic. I, of course, have since then actually purchased this comic because I didn't buy this in nineteen eighty-three. And like I said, uh, I alluded to it wasn't a. It's not a complete. Um, or I should say I'm not a complete stranger to this idea because, of course, Kenner did the same thing with Star Wars action figures. And I am i don't think I got all of them, but I did certainly got my fair share of the mail away action figures. And, again, you cut off the proof of purchases from your figures that you bought, send them in with your shipping and handling check, and then you got a figure. Like, weeks and weeks and weeks later. Longer, typically, than I remembered that I had sent away for it. So it was always a nice surprise when I got it. So, again... I ended up actually purchasing this from a, uh, a oh, going to say a store, but a, from a uh, back issue bin, probably a clearance box, and the answer to the why did I buy this, this was purely out of the curiosity factor. I wanted to know what was going inside this comic. What kind of adventures does kool Man go on? I mean, that was the title of this comic, so I was assuming I was going to get the answer, so... That's why I bought it. And I bought this years ago, like many, many, many years ago. And it was grouped in a bag and maybe boarded or maybe just in a bag with the two other Marvel editions. So I have the first three Marvel runs of this, but I don't have the Archies. And, really, and that's okay. <laughs> not looking for them. I was uh, happy with just the three. And this is one of those comics that kind of is the primary genesis for doing the show. I've had this for a long time like i said for years and i have never read it it's just one of those ones that keeps getting passed aside when i go through the collection and pull something out so i one of the reasons or inspirations to do this show is to get those comics that i bought and i kind of forgot about and was ignoring and maybe even wondering why i was buying them finally read through them talk about them and then you know kind of wrap up the whole experience of buying it reading it sh- sharing it in a sense and then Most likely, in many cases, never reading it again. So, as strange of a purchase as it was, and as much dust as it's collected over the years, really, this is a large bit of the inspiration for doing this show. So, it's kind of got that going for it, which certainly was not the intention when I bought it. So, let's take a look at the cover here. This cover is... If I were a kid and I was interested in Kool-Aid, maybe this cover would be up my alley because... It is, the cover itself is set in space, and it is Kool-Aid Man crashing into a spaceship. Like, again, if you're not familiar with Kool-Aid Man, I'm going to take it for granted at this point you are. He crashes through walls, crashes through, you're typically buildings, he crashes through brick walled fences. In this case, he's crashing through the side of a spaceship, and he's saying, oh yeah! And at the control panels are these alien-looking things, they look like... Giant sparks, comic sparks, like a, how a spark is uh, circular-ish, but not it, it's not a smooth circle outside, like every side is jagged, almost like, an, like a comic explosion. These are little yellow comic explosions with faces, with angry eyes, with jagged mouths, with long green tongues, and they have arms and legs, and they're at the control panels. One is mm, appears to possibly be rushing towards Kool-Aid Man, and there's also two kids in there with space helmets... Thank God, because Kool-Aid man just put a gigantic hole in the ship. How they're not flying out in the, the vacuum of space, that may or may not be something we get into in this issue, but they're currently not. And as another technical note, I was going to mention, these these space helmets these kids are wearing look like upside-down fish bowls. There's not a single tube coming off this. So all, the only air they have, presumably, is there in that bowl, and it's not much. So one way or another, these kids' lives are pretty much in jeopardy between floating into the vacuum space or running out of air or maybe even getting their helmets smacked open during the fisticuffs that are inevitably going to come because Kool-Aid Man, is he's got his left hand in a fist, he's ready to fight, and he's got a pitcher. This is weird. He has a pitcher of Kool-Aid, but he also has a pitcher of Kool-Aid in his right hand. So that's the cover. It says Marvel Comics Group. It says a 60-cent value. It doesn't say it costs 60 cents. says a 60 cent value because as I just explained, it was free in quotes with the proof of purchases and the the inevitable shipping and handling. And then underneath the title, which says The Adventures of Kool-Aid Man, it says, as he battles the thirsties in outer space and on the baseball field. So that is the cover. So let's get into the story or in this case stories because this is an anthology issue. This has two stories. So let's see how versatile and rich the world of Kool-Aid Man and his adventures really are. So first story is called The Thirsties Strikeout. There is no credits for this story at all. It goes right into it. And what we have is a page of panels and some text starting off that gives us the setting. And the setting is that this is a softball field. It's a very hot day. And these small-town sluggers need to cool off. But Sam's Snack Shop is closed and the water fountain isn't working. Inside the Snack Shop, we have the Thirsties. And these are the little yellow sparky guys with the green tongues and the mean eyes are talking about. So just to give you an idea, a mental image of what we're talking about here. So the Thirsties are inside. They have now turned off the water for the fountain. And they also have Sam of Sam's Snack Shop tied up. Suddenly, there's a crash and... In comes Kool Aid Man as he breaks through the wall with another hearty, oh yeah. The thirsties try to w- try to run, but Kool Aid Man, he grabs them and immediately ties them up with a, uh, I have a note, a string of sausages, but now that I realize it's a softball field and a snack shack, it's probably a string of hot dogs, but still, a string of meat is the point of this, which is pretty awesome. Kool Aid Man unties Sam, and Sam's snack shop is now open for business. So the small town sluggers they run to the sand, uh, run to the stand, and Sam introduces them to Kool Aid Man like they're old friends. Like this happens every every summer. The Thirsties kidnap poor Sam, tie him up, and Kool Aid Man ends up doing thousands of dollars of damage to the wall in Sam's snack shop. But anyway, Sam <laughs> introduces Kool Aid Man to some of the kids on the team, and we have got, and this is I am now. Pulling um, descriptions along with their names out of here. We've got Sigmund Smart. He's the brains of the team. Cynthia Crystal. She's a Kool Aid fangirl. I might have altered the fangirl part on there to modernize it. Mickey Richardson. He's a star athlete. And Gloria Green. And she says far out. That's like the, there's no description for her. And I can't really understand in this panel what this particular focus of the character is, but they, do give her the line far out. So there you go. That's as much as I know, and that's as much as I can share for this part of the story. So let's move on. Kool-Aid Man is excited to meet everyone, but he's got to get back to his secret headquarters to continue his never-ending battle against the Thirsties. So Kool-Aid Man, as he's about to leave, has a sudden idea to take the kids along with him, and they all board the Cool Copter. I don't know where these kids' parents are, but it was a different time. I can't say that in 1983, if I was on a softball field and Kool Aid Man asked me to jump on a copter with him, that I wouldn't. It very well could have happened. So I guess I can't really criticize. So the cool copter arrives to the secret headquarters, which is an even bigger picture of red Kool Aid. So picture big red picture of Kool Aid, Kool Aid Man holding a small picture of red Kool Aid, Kool Aid, or no, I was going to say Kool Aid Man, but the Kool Aid he's holding is a Kool Aid Man entering. Kool-Aid Headquarters, which is a big red pitcher of Kool-Aid. And I'm just noticing as I'm paging through this, and this won't mean much to anyone that hasn't seen Trailer Park Boys, but I realize that Kool-Aid Man is the original Julian because he never sets down that pitcher of Kool-Aid. If you are a Trailer Park Boys fan, you know exactly the reference I'm making. Inside, the kids are shown this massive array of computers and technology, which... The, the this brains of the group I mentioned before, Sigmund Smart, he says I can't figure it out what any of this is for. And if the brains of the outfit can't, then this will be some like seriously advanced technical stuff. But Kool Aid Man explains. He says, "Well, this is why he can't recognize it." Because Kool Aid Man explains. Let me just read the line that I'll elaborate. I invented this stuff to keep help keep an eye on those pesky thirsties. All right, let's just analyze this now. This is a giant pitcher of Kool-Aid that constantly holds a pitcher of Kool-Aid, he's inventing technology we have no idea what biological form kool-aid man is, what kind of evolutionary nightmare he might be, or maybe even evolutionary thrust forward. So obviously he is working on a completely different level as far as creativity and invention and create and and uh, invention uh, I said invention uh, creating this technology against these thirsties than we could probably ever imagine. and it might be best that that is the long and short of this particular exchange between him and sigmund smart although as a tech junkie myself i am really curious what all this does but we don't get to find out because suddenly there's an aruga 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 and it's we find out it's the thirsties alert kool-aid man supercomputer is showing some kids that have worked up a big thirst playing volleyball and they are now being chased by the thirsties so to the cool copter the cool Copter arrives, and this 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 bit I actually like. There's no wall to break through, but apparently, Kool Aid Man he has to. That is his thing. He has to do some kind of smashing arrival. So he runs through a wooden sign that says "No pets, no food, no frisbees." <laughs> and he it gives a. Does not give an oh yeah? Actually, he doesn't do the oh yeah. But you get the crash, and you see the sign. Panel one, panel two, he's breaking through. I, I actually like that. So whoever ended up putting this together, again, no credits. That's pretty good. That's that's a good bit. I like that. So kool Man, he grabs one thirsty, like, at the top of his head. Like, if you're picking uh, holding, uh, I was going to say, I almost said picking up a child by his hair, which you shouldn't do that. But let's say you're, you're, you're picking up a doll. That doesn't sound any better. You're picking up a thirsty by the top of his head. Pulls his arm back, and luckily the Thirsties are running away in a triangle formation with four in the front and then four, three, two, one in the back so that when he throws the Thirsty, he's picked up like a bowling ball. He manages to knock them all down like bowling pins, and then he grabs a volleyball net, scoops them all together, slings them over his back, and presumably takes them to high-security Coolidge. I don't know what he actually does with them because that's the last we see of these particular thirsties. So we do go back to Kool-Aid headquarters just briefly, just enough for the kids to say that they got to get home for dinner, which is we go outside now it's night and presumably they've been home and it's the next morning because the next page we actually get the next day and hometown sluggers are playing the big game. I don't know what big game, but that's the description. So the rabid crowd is cheering them on and the thirsties are in the stand in the skies, I guess they have on little paper hats and they have a hot dog tray in front of them and they're holding, or I should say they're selling hot dogs and these are hot dogs as in flaming hot. And because when the people are trying them, they are just absolutely parched. And I think one guy, in fact, I did, I had to find the page. One guy belches fire. They're that hot, but back on the field, one of the thirsties is stealing second base and I I mean, physically stealing it. He has now picked it off off the ground and is running away with it. So he follow the thirsties, uh, this thirsty into the tree where he meets up with the other thirsties. And I'm not entirely sure what even the bit about stealing the second base had to do with anything because it didn't stop the game. But now the thirsties have regrouped and they're preparing for their next dirty trick. And to do this, they specifically say they need their sunglasses. So they throw on their sunglasses And now the story goes back to the field. And on the field, Mickey Richardson is up the bat. He hits the ball. He starts rounding the bases. And he is on his way to having an infield home run. And that is until one of these thirsties with the sunglasses on. He stands at home plate. He shouts, shine on. And as he does, these beams seem to radiate from his body. And it ends up blinding Mickey as he slides just short of home plate. And he's tagged out. Now it's getting hotter. The crowd is getting antsy. Finally, the kids have had enough of this, and they yell, hey, Kool-Aid, man. He arrives, but disappointingly, he doesn't crash through anything. So I guess my earlier statement of that's his thing, he has to do that, isn't true in this case. And as he does, the thirsties literally jump into a lake and start to swim away. And now that they're gone, everyone is having a wonderful day, all thanks to Kool-Aid. All right, so that was story one. So let's go to story two before I get into any details of the comic, if there's really any. Um, Well, actually, there is, so stay tuned here very shortly. So let's get to story two. This one was the one that the cover is from and would seemingly seemingly be right up my alley, and it's titled simply Kool-Aid Man in Thirst in Space. The story starts out with four kids enjoying the Funland amusement park when suddenly uh zip I think I st- ah, uh, man, I practiced that and I got it wrong. It's zip-ap, zip-a, zip-a, it's a Z-Z-A-P-P-A exclamation point. It's a ray that was coming from somewhere in space hits the ground and there is a King Kong size thirsty now in the middle of this amusement park and he says, puny earthlings, Fun time is over. The giant thirst monster is here. Now I got to give a little description of this because it's not, it is, and it's not the same as we just saw. It's still, he's all jagged and, everywhere and everything, but he's not a perfect circle. He's got like a big belly circle uh, with a circle head. That, actually, if you're going to draw this, draw a big circle, draw a smaller circle on top of that, then draw two rounded arms and then put like jagged lines all around them like it's a spark and that's him so he's got a body a head and arms but then he's got legs i'm not gonna say human legs but more leg legs and we'd picture so this obviously he's a he's a huge thirsty but he's also a well more well i was gonna say well more defined but that's not it but he's a uh, not in better shape. I don't know what to say. He's he's got more going on to his look than the thirsties. That's about the best I can say. So the monster he starts to attack the park with his thirst, heat, breath. That's their words, making everyone hot and thirsty. And the narration of the story reads: Thanks to the giant monster, there is no joy in Funland today. All right. Meanwhile, in space, the thirsties are on a spaceship. That is just floating through the cosmos on board the ship. The thirsties are excited that their creation works and note that their leader, big thirsty will be pleased back in the park. The kids have an idea and exclaim, Hey Kool-Aid man. And with a crash through the funhouse wall and a mighty, Oh yeah, Kool-Aid man arrives. The Kool-Aid man confronts the thirsty monster and takes a big swing at him, but he passes right through the giant monster Immediately, Kool-Aid Man realizes the monster isn't really there, and that's a hologram. Kool-Aid Man takes to the sky in the cool copter and uses a mirror to the to reflect the hologram projection back to the source, which was the spaceship we just saw throwing the floating through the cosmos. And I don't know if I mentioned it before. Uh, I didn't. Actually, I'm, I know I didn't. I should mention that this spaceship looks like thirsty in its shape it's all spiked it's it's a circle with you know the jagged edge around it the angry eyes and the mouth but it's all the eyes and the mouth and everything are like rivets and windows and it's it's it looks like a a big metal thirsty which i i failed to mention which is really important to the mind's eye picture of the story believe me the thirsties report that they've been thwarted by kool-aid man to big thirsty and they ask him not to get mad but big thirsty declares i don't get mad i get even that's probably not what he sounds like so he gives them one final order to get rid of kool-aid man or else kool-aid man lands the cool copter back at the park and now we meet four of the kids that were in the park the ones that called for him presumably and they are scott stevens he's another a big fan of kool-aid Jean Stevens, kind of has she's like the crush interest because she asked Kool-Aid man for a kiss. Warren Wilkinson, this is the smart guy of the group for this story, and Maria Lopez, she looks like Sigourney Weaver. So further into the park, the kids and Kool-Aid man come across the rocket to the Moon attraction, which is actually a real rocket built by Professor Otis Klein. I don't know any amusement parks that have real operational rockets. I wish I did because I would like to check them out. So this is a bit of a a stretch of my imagination or maybe a larger suspension of my disbelief than is maybe possible, but we'll continue. So the professor gives everyone a tour inside the rocket. Kool-Aid man leans on one of the switches and it launches the rocket. All right. All right. I don't even want to get into design flaws and and safety procedures because I'm already having a hard time believing a real functioning rocket is uh, at an amusement park. So I I just got to push through this. Kool-Aid Man asked Professor, can't he stop this thing? To which the professor explains he's just an inventor, not a pilot. It's okay, though. Kids explain that they've seen enough science fiction movies to fly this rocket, and Sigourney Weaver takes controls. So now the rocket is flying around space and it, of course, in all of space, which is indescribably big, the rocket manages to come across the Thirsty Spaceship. So the thirsties open fire. They manage to avoid getting hit, but they can't lose the thirsties. Kool-Aid Man straps on a jetpack and jumps out of the ship and flies towards the Thirsty Spaceship. He crashes through the wall of the, thir- the thirsty spaceship and then they open fire on him with their thirst rays. The Kool-Aid man stands there and says, no ray can make me thirsty. And the thirsties keep turning up the intensity until the gun overloads and blows up in their hands. The thirsties give up then and Big Thirsty contacts Kool-Aid man saying that he may have won this time, but he will get him next time. The so Kool-Aid man jumps back out into space and with his jetpack and rockets over to the professor's ship. The next panel says, much later, back on Earth, and we see that the rocket's returned and everyone's back in the park. The professor looks a little glum, and Kool-Aid Man asks him what's wrong. The, pef- the professor explains that everything that's happened, he still can't figure out how Kool-Aid Man started his rocket. So Kool-Aid Man gives him a hearty, Oh, no, and the growled guffaws and laughs, and we're at the end, and... This, I mean, I wasn't expecting much from this. I, I wasn't, and I don't know that I can say it met up to my ex- expectations, ex- exceeded him, or was a little short because it's a, it's a comic based after a uh, a, a uh, mascot and probably intended to sell a product, maybe. Although I can't really say. The repeated lines of Kool-Aid make me want to have Kool-Aid, but then again, I don't drink Kool-Aid. So maybe a kid that, you know, his favorite drink is Kool-Aid, seeing the word and seeing the the picture of Kool-Aid Man over and over again may have some kind of effect. But this is a really weird comic to rate. But let me go through some notes here that I made along the way that I didn't want to interrupt the story description flow with. So most of my notes, if not actually all of them, story-wise, come from the space story. Which actually, it's I guess would seem um, uh, apropos for me, but there's a there's a great shot a panel and uh, of Kool Aid Man when he first faces off with the thirsty monster. He's standing there pointing at him, and he's actually saying, "You better apologize before I lose my temper." And then the monster says, "Go back uh, to do gooder school, shorty." And the reason it find I find it funny because he almost looks like he's like Kool-Aid Man is pointing and laughing at him, but it, it it doesn't match the kind of adversarial dialogue that they're having. So for some reason that made me kind of uh, thought was kind of funny. I did have a note about the thirsty ship, so that's why I didn't note it before because it's a uh, it's like an after uh, note. But I it's so awesome, it's so bad. <laughs> it's I had to, I actually had to stop my story flow and mention it hologram heat breath so yeah that is uh if uh i i was actually going to say this i was going through the story i'm like is big the thirsty monster is a hologram how is he producing heat breath and i was like well made. i couldn't remember i made these notes a few weeks ago so i was like is there like an explanation that the heat breath was being produced by a hologram obviously you just heard there was not so i'm not quite sure how that works so uh, i don't think i'm ever going to find out either but the big thing in this this thing, this thing is like, it's a comic, but it's also like an activity book. It's like almost every two or three pages, there's something going on here. But my favorite thing is, I talked about this, I think it was the last episode. I think it was a ducky episode. I talked about those scam things that they had in, um what do you call it, in uh, in comics, but I forget what they're called, the, the, where you'd sell something, and if you sold like 100 items, you could get... An inflatable raft. If you sold 50 items, you got a piggy, could get a piggy bank. You got prices for selling this company's cheap junk. This in here, I have to find it now. I see the note and oh uh, where? Oh, I just found it. Here we go. How it's a full-page article: how to build your own Kool-Aid Drink Stand. It's fun and a great way to earn extra money. Well, they give you everything you need. Uh, or the list of items you'll need. You'll need a table. You need a old tablecloth. Lots of paper cups, crowns, construction paper, tape, and of course a pitcher, plastic in parentheses, of Kool Aid. So it goes on explaining how to sell your Kool Aid. But basically, what it comes down to is buy a buttload of packets of Kool Aid, and then go around. Go ahead and see if you can make some money out of it. Basically, it's a big advertisement for uh, kids to buy Kool-Aid. I'm not saying that kids drink stands like lemonade stands; they've been f- around forever. I'm not saying it's not something they make money at, but I'm sure the uh, marketing department that put this ad together weren't really, you know, hoping or w- wishing for fame and fortune for these kids when they made it. So that was a little, uh, uh, a little shifty. A little shady, I think. But as far as the activity book goes, this has a ton of stuff, and it. it's got to connect the dots. Uh, let's see. Three pages later, we have a word find. Uh, we also have a code, uh, a secret code page, where um, it gives you the what these symbols are, the letter equivalent is, and then they give you a, uh, uh, a, a phrase to decipher underneath. Uh, what else they got? Oh, there's a cool like, drink stand again few more pages. We have a crossword puzzle. Like I said, activity book. Not quite how much. Uh, oh, what's this? This looks good. It's, sorry. I, I, was page, I, was, I wasn't going to do any more, but I paged through and saw a bunch of space pictures. So it, this. it says the UFO connection. Uh Oh, actually, okay. You got a list of words and you got eight pictures. So you got insatiable comet, meteor, satellite, hologram, space, star, and UFO, and you have pictures of all those here. You just identify which is which. Okay, that's kind of cool. I would like that as a kid. Oh, there's a maze, of course. What uh, what are we missing from uh, Oh, then there's the... Uh, oh, what's a difference page? There's four panels and one of them has, a am guessing, a different picture. But then, of course, after that, you have the answers to everything in there. So that's pretty... I mean, like I said, it's more of a... It seems like a book than a um what do you call it a uh, just just a comic and uh, still going oh there's <laughs> oh look at this there's an ad for the kool-aid atari 2600 game here lo and behold check that out oh wow that was actually you know what uh i did a little quick look here and the the video game the artist rendition of what the game is going to be is not at all what the game ended up being so this one shows kool-aid man happily destroying thirsties on the screen but what it ended up being was kool-aid man i guess chasing maybe they're the thirsty spaceships that would beam down on the ground and i don't know if they're poisoning the water or poisoning the kool-aid and or, or evaporating it maybe because it appears that the what that that level is lowering but that's the game it Base, not even basically long story short it looks nothing like the artist rendering on the uh, comic here and it says it says on there simulated m network game for the atari 2600 gameplay varies by system as well as the 2600 so <laughs> it's uh yeah that is not how that came out all right um i guess my final rating it's again it's a promo item how, how what uh, what do you what criteria do you rate it on? how much can you do with that kind of character and with their adversarial, it's adversarial characters, the Thirsties you come up with. I mean, I like the Kool-Aid secret headquarters a bit, a little creative there. I would have liked to see more of that in the story. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying, I'm stretching for (laughs) confidence here, but for my rating, it's a, I don't really have one. So I guess I'll say it's an eye roller because I rolled my eyes more in this issue than any others. There's no way to rate this promotional comic because I can't get over that. It's a promotional comic. So what is an eye roller number wise? I I don't know. It's not a one, but it's no bigger than a three. You pick it. It really doesn't matter, especially in this kind of comic. And it certainly hasn't mattered in this series. And I'm really not hurt, worried about hurting anyone's feelings because no one wanted their name in the credits. So obviously no one really cared that they're going to be, or expected to be remembered for this Is maybe a better way to say that. So with that, that does it for this episode of Matt's Crummy Comics Collection. But of course, if you're a Patreon supporter, that's not it for this month. We have an exclusive episode yet to come, and that episode features Tangent Comics to Superman. And that's a complete reimagining of Superman by the DC Comics label, Tangent Comics. And that's coming in just a couple of days on our Patreon feed for our supporters. So if you don't know about our Patreon feed and what that is, that is the thing that keeps everything that we do at News as going. We don't do advertising. We're not funded by anybody or anything. It's all funded by creators and listeners and the way the listeners have been generously supporting us has been through Patreon and without them we couldn't do the amount of work that we do at News as. We also couldn't keep everything that we have done for a decade now online and available to everybody. So if you want to learn more about that and how you can support the show and be part of what keeps everything going, please visit patreon.com slash news as for all that information. Of course, check out our social media pages along with that. We are news podcast on Facebook and news on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, everything that we do past, present and future can be found at news That is it for this episode, except for that last thing where I have to thank you for listening. So, of course, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in that next episode.